the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking business. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Alex Jones. Episode 240, I don't think I mentioned that there. Anyway, plenty to get into this week. News of the week, as always. A bit more Olympics coverage after Alex uh, dipped on us last week and so didn't have a chance to speak about it. Thoughts on Oligar Solskjaer's new contract, as well as Jeannie Wild Album comments. The current transfer gossip and, uh, well, anything else that comes up during the duration of the pod. So if we start off with the news of the week... Swedish prisoners take guards hostage and demand pizza as ransom. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that that's justified. Well, I, I did actually see the whole story. They asked for pizza and a helicopter, and then settled for just pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I can't> <laughs> aim aim higher, hoping to get exactly. what you really want, which is the pizza. <laughs> Cape Town cops arrested for kidnapping innocent stranger to replace an escapee. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, South Korean TV are sorry for using pizza to depict Italy instead of their national flag as part of their Tokyo 2020 coverage. (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly an insult. A pizza is a great thing. Imagine, imagine, I'm trying to think of what we, what would we be representing? Fish and chips? Cup of tea, probably. Pork pie? Cup of tea, Elderly man found dead in an apartment building with I touched little girls written on his chest. Turns out he did, and uh, yeah, it's being investigated still. Some film business there. Cheers. Florida plans to legalize public alcohol drinking. If there's one place that needs it, it, it <laughs> that seems like an awful idea. <laughs> Ross Kemp forced to eat raw chicken at gunpoint after proposing to Gangman's sister. <laughs> God, this Ross Kemp in, I can't remember what his series is called, but Ross Kemp Extreme Games. World or whatever it was. He gave, uh, basically as part of one of those programs, he uh, gave a teddy bear, I think it was, to a girl and that was deemed as uh, him proposing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, I think it was in, it was somewhere in South America. And yeah, they uh, held him at gunpoint and made him eat raw chicken. <laughs> I mean, obviously everybody's seen the clip of where he's held at gunpoint in, uh, I think it was Africa somewhere, and he like stands it, he holds his yeah. ground. 
he's had to think he's 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 obviously been thinking of ways to try and top that scene now because it's gonna be quite hard to top. I was chicken. Uh Sperm Bank holds contest with cash prize to find out who has the best swimmers. Hmm. <laughs> you backing yourself, Alex? Yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3 almost featured a raptor dirt biking off a cliff. No. <laughs> Jeez, if only they'd kept uh, it in there. It's just what they've done is they've looked at Lego bloody Batman, uh, Lego Batman the film, or no, Lego Movie 2. This was going to be Jurassic Park 3, so this was years ago. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought it was going to be the third instalment. No, no. Uh, that's even weirder. Uh, Mum and her sons moodier opponents in annual artificial cow, mink, cow milking competition. Say that again. Mum and her sons moodier opponents in an in annual artificial cow milking competition. Oh, I thought, I thought when you said it first, I thought you said need their opponents. So I was thinking that they were like no. coming in with a high knee. The alliteration in some of these is just killing me. Uh, it's not what it looks like. Otto, a man caught with pants down in pony stall. I need a bear. Ron Burgundy uh, warm up here. Serial stroking right handed man suffers stroke as he almost masturbates to death. Serial stroking. Stroke. Um, no, so uh, I did actually read. Uh, on on this one. I mean, you, you've got to know if you're letting yourself in for perhaps something that you shouldn't be. Um, he had what the doctors described as a thunder-clapping headache <laughs> that gave him a brain aneurysm, and yeah, he had a stroke. He's just come out of hospital two weeks later. Blimey. He was cranking it, they said, like a minimum of five times a day, though. That's some serious endurance. Literally some serious time on your hands. Well, more on his hands than time, but <laughs> There's no need for that. Australian team gets $20,000 for discovering unique puffy Dorito chip. Mm. I don't know who these people are that see crisps and list them online. It's literally just like a, almost, yeah, as if you kind of just inflated a bit of a Dorito chip, so it was just kind of just a bit softer. That's all it is. I wouldn't even have looked at it before it was in my mouth. The jackpot. There's the a jazz jack. clip there. <laughs> <laughs> the, jack, the jackpot is when you end up with whatever food it is that looks like the face of Jesus. If you land on that, you've hit big time money. Mm. The that. thing is, it cracks me up with that. Is, is like these devout followers of the of you know Christian Catholic religion, effectively, they they're getting hyped up that the fact that Jesus has chosen an item of food to show up on of all the things. <laughs> He's chosen think, like some guys to some guys Dorito. If Sean was Jesus, and let's hope he's not, um, or you probably have a lot to atone for, Alex. He'd definitely come back as like a monster munch or something. <laughs> <laughs> he'd come back. He'd come back in uh, a bloody banana if somebody ate it like he did. <laughs> the um, other half, you just see his face in there. More serious news today. It's finally time we acknowledge the burping fish. It is finally time. Glad you think so too. And finally, 
serial pooper banned banned from defecating in public places after numerous convictions. So he was leaving a crime scene in every toilet he was attending in a public place in. People have now stopped him from uh, going in public. Is that why Jack can't be with us this week? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I suppose, yeah. Who knows what he's up to? Anyway, not so much news of the week this week, so we can get straight into things. We do have the Olympics. Uh, I think anyone tuning in expecting too much of a, a serious Olympic breakdown probably has the wrong podcast, but we'll do the highlights in the way that we tend to do so. And then a topic we've done previously, but hopefully it's uh, grown a bit, which sports should be added before 2024. So I don't know how much of the Olympics much uh, either of you have watched. I've been watching more the odd events, as I spoke on last week, the events I like to see. The UFC finished early on Saturday night, so I've wound up watching uh, a women's handball game uh, and some uh, skateboarding. And they were bigging it up. I was kind of looking at my laptop, uh, look back up as they said, that's the first time this has ever happened. It, it was a guy falling legs apart onto the railing while skateboarding. Oh, yeah, that was a grim clip, that. But they were like pumping it up. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened at an Olympic Games. Isn't pretty much everything in that first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even still, they were like, I don't know, he just done a backflip on his... On this is the first time someone has lost testicles in this sport. He took it quite well, to be fair. Like a champ. I saw some Labour MP from like Manchester today tweeting saying that he doesn't think skateboarding should be part of the Olympics because it doesn't look like it takes as much commitment to do as all the other <laughs> Olympic sports. What? Like dressage and this are, are taking like less time to perfect people literally just falling on their heads constantly these guys these guys who were skateboarding have probably spent their entire life but he you know from like their backgrounds just playing at the local skate park you know christ's sake it's it's probably because whoever that was looks at it as like people just dotted around at a park practicing you know <laughs> that's just ridiculous i'm surprised it came from a labor mp oh no i think most mps to be fair that seems to be just a general scope for being a clown. With, with the skateboard, I don't know if any of you have watched it. Yeah, yeah. It's not... Yeah, that's one of the few things I've seen, actually. I'd like them to cram a few more tricks into each of their thing. The amount of time kind of between tricks, and I know it's not quite like a game of Tony Hawk as much as I'd like it to be. <laughs> Sometimes, do you think they've got a low score? They spend the next, like, 20 seconds just skating between pieces. Come on. Yeah, I think I think that's because, like myself, I like played um, uh, Tony Hawk's um, the skater games. Where, was it Tony Hawk Underground? There's a couple of them, but yeah, one of them. Yeah, where there, I played that as a kid, and it's like obviously <laughs> you're just controlling your avatar on the screen, and you just can do and yeah, you could just do literally endless amounts of tricks at whatever height you want not with no consequences. I, I, I think that, you know, when you're watching it, when after playing those games and that's your only real knowledge of skating, you watch it in real life and it's like, oh, you forget that, oh, these guys are like, they are like human beings. They do, are trying to, there is some stamina to it. And also at the same time, it is probably 
physically impossible for them to pull off tricks back to back in seconds yeah, like you yeah. would on a video game. Um, something that happened today, uh, Japan beat China in mixed table tennis, which must be like your El Clasico equivalent in table <laughs> tennis, Japan-China. Yeah. Well, if there was fans there, that had to be one of the one of the key ones of the day. People could get behind. 4-3, Japan won. Yeah, be fiery in the crowd. The two thirds yeah. out with each other. And the, the one that's caught me and really had me interested is uh, three-on-three basketball. I've been loving that. Three-on-three basketball? Yeah, yeah. It's literally like a, like a half-court game, like as if, say, two of you are playing at school and you've got the one hoop, and so the one of you has to try and score, and then if you miss, it goes to the other person. And... That does sound quite good, actually. See, I, was so like, yeah. I was thinking, how did I not know this was going to be here? I didn't know this was going to be a thing. This is the I first year it's been there. Yeah, I'm just surprised I hadn't heard it going in. I didn't even know yeah. going into uh, the Olympics that this was a thing. And then I saw someone talking about it online, and I watched them. It was, yeah, like you said, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because Troy sent me some clips, and you never know when Troy's being serious. But uh, he messaged me saying, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Egyptian women in this. Well, in all honesty, that was my first thought. Was that was what, <laughs> that's what he was getting at? And he sent me this um, YouTube compilation. He was like, "No, they have this like legit baller there. She's just insane." Um, so that came through, and I've I've not seen them yet, but um, everything about it is just cool, and it would be good if they had some of the more established pros there because for some of these teams they have maybe one or two like NBA caliber guys but they don't have a full team but you'd probably have it really even if in that case uh, you're able to work it like that so say like Slovenia they could just have a couple of guys and the USA then would probably be more about chemistry and just getting two cool guys there um, but just I'll have a breaking news by the way that United have uh Agreed the fee and everything's in place for uh, for Anne now. Here we go. 35 million plus add-ons. Dodgy signing. Five-year deal. Oof. Um, so there we go. We had Adam PT is the one that most people seem to have tuned in for so far. I saw the first and second races he had. This The third was at, what was it, like 3 a.m. this morning? Yeah, I think so. So I woke up and saw the result there. Didn't beat the world record, did he? Which is what they were hoping for going in, but did he would have beaten that? He, he would have beaten that world record if he kept his uh, kept that kept that moustache. <laughs> I tell you, last time I was off work, I had a moustache, and I did feel like a changed man. So I can see how that might give him some extra power. It was iconic, and he chose to shave it off. I'm not sure I'm swimming as well as him, if even with the moustache being what it was. <laughs> it's good though, isn't it? Because it doesn't feel that fast. When they're saying that he's like miles ahead, it doesn't feel like he's that far ahead, if that makes any sense at all. Like the gap that they're describing doesn't look that way when you're seeing it on the TV. But I guess yeah. making that gap up in breaststroke is different to if they're sprinting yeah. alongside each other. Yeah, it's proportional to the distance that they're racing over. Over, so it's. I know it may like what is it? It's probably about like half a second between him and second place. That in an Olympic final over a hundred meters is quite a lot. In the same way that you know the hundred meter sprints, you know when Bolt 
beats the field by half a second and he's like a clear length ahead well clear sort of like body or a body and a half ahead you know it's that it's that kind of speed of racing it's it's like when the formula one side of things are talking like they're talking about half a second a lap and it, it you know it's if he was to race over a larger a longer distance you'd expect to see a larger gap so it's like proportional as the uh the distances uh the distances uh go up or go down what's been your highlight so far tk that's a good question i don't think there's been a highlight yet have you been more or less intrigued by it than you thought you'd be last monday uh probably about about what i was expecting i did see uh, i did watch the footage of uh our gold medals today obviously with the uh swimming um obviously tom daly with the diving and stuff and yeah. i did I do get a bit of a buzz off that. Obviously, the commentary and stuff for them are both great as well. So maybe I'm being just a, a shameless front runner who basically is cheering when we're winning, showing, showing no interest when we don't. The timing makes it difficult, doesn't it? Like it's really hard to kind of tie down. But that's the problem I was I was trying to mention last week is that the the good thing about the Olympics is you can kind of dip in and dip out, obviously, and with the timing of where it is now and their coverage, which obviously is uh, a little questionable yeah. compared to how easy it is, it makes that accessibility just that bit much harder. Yeah, it's in France in 2024, isn't it? So that should be like a lot it. easier. Back Paris. It's in Paris. Let's hope uh, we have it there. What's been your highlight so far, Alex? Um, I'd probably go with um, Pidcock winning uh, in the um, the yeah. mountain biking Um it's quite a bit of a story going into it where he, he had a broken collarbone uh, back in April. So he broke his collarbone, which is a serious injury, particularly when it comes to cycling and even more so when it's off-road mountain biking, not smooth road racing. Um, to recover from a broken collarbone like that, not just get over the physical the physical demand to get back to um you know, mountain bike, get, getting back to uh, being able to compete at the top, but it's also that mental aspect as well. I mean, I'm sure these guys are used to, you know, coming off with the nature of the type of cycling that it is. But you know, to go from that a few months ago to this, it doesn't really get much better than that. And it is, it was a very entertaining watch as well. Um, you know, anything that's it's a bit, it reminds me a little bit of the um, when they brought cross skiing into the uh, winter Olympic games or the, or the downhill uh, snow, the cross snowboarding as well, where they rate like four of them race downhill. It's like, so, cause they all set up at once and you've just got, it's just like chaos. And then you just get those outliers throwing them, throwing themselves around, taking these ridiculous lines and stuff. It, it is entertaining. Sort of slightly sweaty palms watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, 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 it sounds what, ridiculous. The, but... the bikes, the downhill one. Yeah, I'm just no, yeah, that's thinking, the one I like. Like, like Alex, some some of the ones that take like a crazy line, you're like, I'm actually nervous for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, do it, you it, still it's... want them to fall or not? Maybe one or two, just to you know, add some. Drama. I feel like Alex would tell us he doesn't watch that one and want any of them to fall. He'd say we're immoral for saying so. Uh, no, I, I don't. I wouldn't want any crashes um, at all because oh. I know that. How bad it death or any serious injury, just you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to crash. I think you're in the The retweets that we could get with a quote tweet of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was probably my highlight so far. But do, shout out to the uh, the try that was on last night. That was 
quite an entertaining watch at the end. Uh, wasn't got the wrong Norwegian for the uh, the win overall, but got the second guy on the podium. Um, that was uh, with the. Uh, did you see the highlights of the false start at the uh, at the of the triathlon? You'd be so fuming with that. So <laughs> literally, there seems to be quite a lot of howlers going on with the with the. Uh, with the the Japanese in the Olympics so far, with the organisation, you've got one of the camera boats covering the entire front half of the uh, of the uh, of the bloody um, um, the platoon uh, um, platoon that they're jumping off of. And somebody think I don't know what happens, but some noise goes off, and half the field jump in, and the other half, if they jump in, they're going straight into that bloody patrol boat. That boat. <laughs> And then not only that, not only that as well, this boat then is like determined to get the best bloody camera angles possible and it's getting as physically close to these guys swimming. They must have been so bloody nervous again. Is this boat, is this boat like literally coming right into touch noses? But yeah, it was, uh, it was a fairly entertaining watch. Again, it was a technical bike course as well. So they were throwing themselves into those corners quite sharp. I, I did expect a few people to, particularly with the larger bunches, I did expect a few crashes in there. So, but yeah, yeah, it was a concerning watch. If we go to you first, Alex, is there anything you think should be added to the Olympics before 2024? Yeah, a bit of a, so I, uh, I work with a lad at the moment um, who is a underwater rugby player. Um, what the hell? Yeah, I know. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. So I, I thought initially, I was like, all right, okay, is it effectively? Well, it's just like I was trying to picture it in my head, but effectively, picture we all know what water polo looks like vaguely. It's basically that, but it's underwater and it, it is contact. You know, it's you quite know, physical. I could never guess that by the title. Like, like in terms <laughs> of, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about like their moving something across the bottom of the like they're not like you know in like a bod like shoulder depth water and they're like moving a ball below the water it's like a properly deep pool they're like diving down and it's you know almost it's probably as close as we'll ever get to those harry potter fans out there it's probably as close as we'll get to quidditch in the way that it looks <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it, it i saw i saw some video clips of him uh, of them doing it and it, it's bloody physical and considering it's underwater as well yeah it's a bit like I wouldn't fancy that, <laughs> you know. So That'd be good I, fun to watch. It would be. It would be good fun to watch. That's what you're looking for. I'm though, thinking, how the hell did this guy get into it? I feel like you don't <laughs> fall into that that game. Yeah, it, I, I don't really know. To be honest, I haven't asked him. That. I'll ask him. But someone tried drowning him. And he's like, "What are you doing? In the water, rugby." Yeah. <laughs> they should bring that thing in uh, if you want one for the pool. Where you chuck like a pound coin into the water, and you have to see how quickly you can swim to the bottom and get it. <laughs> Quick dive. You have. You could be nice and competitive with that. You don't. The rubber brick was a bit too easy when you used to do that. Chuck like a fifty p in there. For one, maybe they have to turn their back for when it gets thrown in, and they have to swim down and get it. That'd be. That'd be a great sport. Yeah. TK, anything that came to mind for you? I was thinking, I don't know why squash isn't an Olympic sport. I feel like that would be a classic case of you yeah. could get into that quite easily. I don't know why that isn't. That's strange. I think that would go into the line of, you know, we talk about table tennis and things like that, where you start watching for a couple of minutes and the next thing you know, you're transfixed yeah. by it. Well, the, the thing that I can't get out of my when I watch squash on TV 
is I just seem to pick a fault with someone not getting out of the way quick enough. And then that's all <laughs> I can really pay attention to while I watch it. Because they show it sometimes on BT um, in the early hours after like, the UFC's finished. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll have it on. And when you can't sleep after a big fight, and you just can just follow follow that with your eyes. Um, we've had Taekwondo come in this year, Karate come in this year. Jiu-Jitsu, to me, sounds like something that would be perfect for the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially as you do have some like, legit stars in that in their field. And uh, the majority aren't contracted somewhere else, so they can do it. They would have great pride in doing so. It seems uh, a big miss to me, and I, I don't really know why it isn't. I know there's been talks of getting a uh, Muay Thai in the Olympics as well, so maybe you'll have all these contact sports in there soon. Yeah, because it's, it's funny when you think, you know, like judo's in there, and like you yeah. said, you've got more, you would get more eyes on the jiu-jitsu, I think, because there's more star sure. power within that. And it it would help with some of these in the same way that some of them can kind of get a footing in boxing where it makes sense. You maybe lose some of the years of your career where you could be racking the fights up, but you get a bigger fight. You get a bigger contract when you do sign because you've already got eyes on you kind of thing. Yeah. Your profile and well, some of this, like if you get some of these wrestlers and these jujitsu guys and judokas and all sorts, if some of these can maybe get their personality out there, they could go straight into the UFC after and see what they can do from there. Oh yeah. It definitely benefit them. I mean, I yeah, go, on, go on. No, sorry. Darts. Why isn't darts in there? You've got a World Cup of darts. Why not just scrap that for the year and do it at the Olympics? Because it's not a sport. I'd love to see them walking around with the uh, <laughs> in the opening ceremony. <laughs> There'd be something hilarious about it. We've done this before, Alex, and we did change my mind, and you ended up agreeing it was a sport. Uh, no, I certainly did not. It not. takes more. It takes more precision than the majority of the sports that you put up in its favour. <laughs> nah, you just fail to see the precision in other sports. Besides, it would fail as a spectator sport because you're not allowed. There's no. You wouldn't be able to drink alcohol at the venue, so you know it would kind of lose its what people really go there for. It's not the only reason people go there, and you're not telling <laughs> me that people are having just as much fun going and sitting and watching archery. Hey, I, I, uh, I, I would, without a shadow of a doubt, if you could go to the darts, if it was at the Olympics and drink, it would be a damn sight more entertaining than a lot of the sports that you watch. But you can't do that, so you can't go and drink at the Olympics like that. So, I think you could have a crowd that would be enjoying it in the same way. I think you'd pump it up in the same way. Is that a thing that you can't drink at the Olympics, by the way? Uh, no, I, I, I don't really know, but I very much doubt that they would allow. Drinks oh, like a different so, you're, I guess. so you're talking at your cheeks? No, not it, the ones on your well, face. I don't think they, with the Olympic venues, it's just not that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure you you shouldn't, you certainly wouldn't be able to drink at um at like the uh, international stadiums and all the main stadiums and a lot of the venues. I also the don't think you have to drink to enjoy it. I think there's a certain atmosphere that comes with darts that people would buy into anyway, and just the fact of it being a sport. It, it fits way in with some of these. I mean, I don't want to just keep digging out the same uh, the same sports, but you can easily get darts in, is what I'm telling you. Mm. You can take sports like, climbing out. 
as long as I you get what, I sorry? Like watching skateboarding, I wouldn't say I consider skateboarding a sport, really. So, what what did you say you could take out then, Luke? Sport climbing. Sport climbing. Yeah. You're kidding me. Over darts. That's some that's some damn respect. Sports climbing is a bloody. I I wouldn't fancy sport. Have you ever tried climbing? Yeah, I have, but I'm not saying because of ease of doing it. I'm saying in terms of an interesting one for people to watch, you can take darts in over that the same way you can take it over a rhythmic trampoline. Mm, I, I, I disagree, but... You can take it over synchronised swimming. Mm. The other thing is, though, these kind of slightly more niche sports you wouldn't normally see, are, I guess, the appeal, isn't it? Whereas football, darts, whatever, we can see around the clock. I, I would like to see the viewing numbers for uh, synchronised swimming because I'm not buying it. Mm. Uh, particularly with the lack of uh, BBC coverage, anyway. I'll tell you uh, another one that popped into my mind. Um, so it's kind of following on from uh, the basketball um, a little bit with the... Uh, there seems to be like a more condensed version of a number of the sports like Sevens Rugby um, in that the Olympics. as well. They're, no, no. But obviously, I, I'm pretty certain, but pretty certain, I'm doubting myself now, but I'm, there's no form of NFL, there's no form of American football at the um, at the Olympics, no. is there? I, it, I, I feel like you could potentially put a more condensed version of that into the Olympics to try and help, uh, in a way, I'm surprised that, you know, any of the franchises or any, any of them aren't pushing, the Americans aren't pushing that to try and get their sport out there a little bit more, whether that's they want to think that they need to get out there anymore with the NFL. Yeah, in terms of like getting other countries more interested, involved in terms of competing to open the floor up for expansion. Um, I think you are banking on the Americans wanting that though. They call themselves world champions anyway, so I don't think. Yeah, they're going to be too fussed. <laughs> Look at the competition you're having basketball at the moment. They'd much rather it was far yeah, more. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that is true. But still, like I reckon that would be quite an entertaining watch. If they, if, if, sure. like smaller pitch, less numbers on the field, key roles still there. I think that'd be quite entertaining to watch. I was thinking today, and I mean, this may be out of pocket. I think I wouldn't think it looked out of place if I looked at the Olympic schedule and saw chess on there. <laughs> You're kidding me. Let's no, I'm being that's not 100% serious. It is not a sport. What makes yeah. it a sport? I don't understand what what you say makes it a sport when I've just said it's a game. It's a game of it's a, it's a game of mental skill. There's no physical. There's no physical demand in it at all. I'm, for it to I'm be, classing this as more of a sport than rhythmic trampoline. Honestly, there, there has to be <laughs> there has to be some like at the least some for, like there 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 has to be a, a notable physical demand for it to be a sport, and there isn't with chess. So why shooting? in there because it's a gate it's a it's a um it's a skill of reaction time have you seen how fast those guys move well this is skill in the mind no the thing, the thing is where do you draw the line if you're including chess we're gonna have like true well, i mean tk you've not seen the rest of my list in all honesty i am very nervous about that because the number one i've got down is air hockey i could get on air hockey foosball 
some of some of these guys, when you see how quick they are at playing like table tennis, they would have yeah, absolutely yeah. mental games of air hockey. I, I yeah. could, I could, I could get, uh, I could get behind air hockey. There's some physical demand there, certainly. I mean, at one point I had down just a massive game of British Bulldogs with each country having one representative. No, which would be great TV. That would be like a royal, almost like a royal rumble of, uh, of uh, <laughs> just a big field, basically, like the end of it, like the end of uh, Infinity War, just everyone lined up across there. That would be good. And I, I think you could get a little Ninja Warrior course in there. Is that not? You've got speed, you've got power, you've got everything in there for an Olympic event. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what. Um, uh, the uh, the climbing should be. Well, just get rid of yeah. all the equestrian things for a start. Mm, that's, I think mm. I am going to write my first article in uh, a while and do my article on Olympic sports that sound more interesting than they are. <laughs> I never, I never, I, I, I never forget. I never forget. Um, I think it was on uh, oh, League of the Rome, Jack Whitehall, um, and he was talking about how. During like the 2012 Olympics, it, it like this sort of sets the sets you know the, you know what the the people who do follow the uh, the equestrian sports anything to do with the horse sports, um it's sort of like oh yeah hopped in the hopped in the Range Rover with the with the lads head da- head down to the dressage with a with a bottle of bubbly, yeah, it's just like, it's not quite it's not quite there's a certain class of people that go and watch that. Well, I mean, some of the sports that they used to have in there that were discontinued. I mean, you used to have croquet, lacrosse, tug of war. I'm surprised lacrosse got taken out. Oh yeah, tug of war as well would be good. Oh, they had they had rope climbing, which was literally out of sounds. They had under- handballing. Yeah, underwater swimming. So I can see why underwater swimming was taken out. To be fair, polo. Polo was taken out. Yeah, cricket. I'm glad most of these were taken out, but only yeah. they'd replaced them with my suggestions, basically. So, so a lot of it, a lot of it is actually to do with um, uh, broadcasting coverage and how how popular they are. So, a lot of people sort of ask me. Uh, I've, I've, had a, I've had a lot of people ask me, sort of like, oh, like you know, is that you know, with with your sport, you know, would you would you ever want to try and aim for aim to try and qualify? And it's kind of a bit like, well, no. I would love to, but there's sort of distances which I do and like the other sort of guys in my field do that are all challenging for the professional licenses or have got professional licenses is like middle to long distance try. And as we know, it's a fucking long ass event. You're talking like three to four hours for the middle and seven to eight for the best guys of the world over the full distance. And they wouldn't want to bring that to an Olympics because it's not broadcast friendly. You know, I think the limit on it is like the try and the marathon, which is, you know, two hours or a little bit over. You know, after that point, they don't want to give it the coverage, really. Uh, I'll say again, rhythmic trampoline. The thing is, though, if we do this, we're going to have like 10 sports that we like and nothing else. No, no, but I'm just saying for some of these... I think you're you're not quite getting it. No, but some of what we're saying when we're saying about the broadcast coverage... There must be other reasons for some of these being in, whether it's tradition, or because you look at some of these on a list, some of them do stand out like a sore thumb. 
there must be like even some people do obviously like it. It's a weird thing to us, but some people must. But some of them like you don't even see like on TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the flip side, is that is that you know we're treating that like it's the be all and end. Is that the, the significant thing? Is the the numbers? Because if that's the case, no, I'm, the best I'm going the opposite. And way. I don't think football should be in it. By the way, I don't think football should be in it. I can see why it is. I would rather they had some more kind of restrictions in I place, any, whether it was. Any sport in which the Olympics isn't the pinnacle should just be taken out. Because what's the point in being there? Yeah, it's that's... Much... What, is, what is the point in basketball being there for the Americans? For the rest of the world, it's great. For the Americans, if they win it, great. If not, they're just going to go, oh, wow, we didn't win because of this reason, that reason. My point wasn't some of these sports shouldn't be here because they're not doing numbers. My point was the argument can't be against these... My, no, my point was when we mentioned these other ones... And we talk about, and some of them obviously a joke, but um, some of them, whether it be darts, for example, or something else, and we're saying we're talking about numbers, that just doesn't add up because they're definitely going to do more numbers than some of these that are down. You kind of tied yourself up in a knot there. You said it wasn't about the numbers, but darts would do more numbers. But I think I get what you're saying. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm Alex saying is... that can't be the reason why it's not. Like, that can't be the reason... Why are these events are the point there. about broadcast ability still stands or doesn't because, for example, something like some sort of gymnastics or whatever is not going to take the length of time that his event would, even though you probably couldn't pay me to watch too much gymnastics, but it's still, they're not going to say, oh, well, this is going to take eight hours, so there's no point in us doing that. Whereas things like that, they're just going to, certain things they're just going to throw out. And if they do have sports that are struggling for numbers, they're probably not going to take a chance on other things, are they? Do you, yeah, think, yeah, do you think the 3v3 basketball might open up some other lanes and they might look at the football and say maybe five-a-side football would be better off, et cetera, et cetera? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think there's a chance definitely. of that, yeah. Probably needs to be in somewhere like Brazil, don't we, where they can make a stance in whether it is futsal or it's, something like that. It would make it a bit more sexy, wouldn't it? Well, they're obviously in a tricky position like... Um, I don't know, the Olympic Committee where they don't want to look like they're kind of stuck in the dark ages and they also don't want to be getting rid of tradition. So I was just raising those just to be consistent. But with some, there are obviously ways that they can develop them, and whether it be things like, uh, I don't even know an example now, but well, even just the way they're bringing in things like skateboarding. That clearly shows that they yeah. have a desire to do this. But they I do. do there's a healthy rotation. There's a healthy rotation of sports in and out every single Olympics. You know, there there is certainly you could you couldn't turn around and say that the Olympic Committee don't rotate in and out new ideas all the time because they they do um, both for the Winter and the Summer Olympics. Um, I, I couldn't name you the sports that have been taken out for Japan, um, which probably goes to show you why they were taken out. Um, but I definitely would say that there is a degree of experimentation that they can certainly get away with each year, and they do deploy that. With the they, they never get rid of like your staples of the Olympics, or you know all your main track and field events, and you know your outside the track events, which are just you know staple and like the side of the sports that have become so big that they've got their own world championships, which are heavily followed outside of the Olympics. You know. I, I don't think they're doing anything wrong at the moment with the sports that they've got there. No, I guess we've seen the fact that they dropped rugby union, they kept rugby sevens. Um, 
I think something that affects it from our perspective, maybe it's just me, is the way that perhaps some of the sports that we would find more interesting, Team GB just doesn't seem to have an interest in entertaining, whether it be football, whether it be the Rugby Sevens, whether it be just some of these ones that we would like to go and see them. Well, this Olympics, this is Olympics is a bit of an obscurity because obviously a lot of people's preparation has been thrown out the window with the delay for a year um and there's a lot of people that haven't traveled out there and the entire event isn't what it is it what isn't what it should have been if you go back to 2012 um as britain entered a team or person for every single event that there was um and that showed you know that we we literally i i think that that, that's not uncharacteristic uncharacteristic for the host nation sometimes it's not logistically possible from a funding perspective for a country to, unless you're America and you've got like bags and bags of resources, but it's not physically possible for the the funding for the Olympics to filter down into all of these slightly more obscure sports where you've got the bigger name ones demanding more. So it's not just a question of, you know, the, the, you know, the British teams not, you know, not choosing to, you know, put a team forward for everything. It was, you know, during the 2012, they had obviously the largest budget they'll probably ever have. But with this, with Japan and Rio, it's a little bit different. You know, you've got people coming down off the high of 2012. You've got sports that didn't quite carry through. And you've got a pot of money, which you're trying to use to maintain the big sports and not spread it out so much. They might just need to speak more. Like There's some that do have the potential to be bigger, like having the Olympics and not communicating with the MLB where you surely could do big numbers on the baseball. If you're running a whole baseball tournament, it seems strange to not coordinate that with the major major league baseball and have some of these stars coming across to Japan. It just seemed some of it. And we spoke about it, I think with uh, tennis, whether it was on the pod or off the pod before the England final, we're saying just some of the coordination to have, the Euros on at the same time as Wimbledon and have them clashing with each other and a lot of it seems just simple tweaks they can make some of these things far more popular but uh, they don't seem to want to do it they're stubborn aren't they I've probably lost us any trampoline fans as well um, today which if I had to <laughs> if I had to list it I may watch the trampoline more than I would watch uh, synchronised swimming if they were doing careful you're going to alienate our audience <laughs> obviously there's well, a lot of crossover with our People listen to us and watch uh, gymnastics, etc. If I'm watching trampolining, basically, I want to tune in and see you doing like backflips and front flips and just going mental on a trampoline, like rather than you doing some kind of dance into a beat. Yeah, they're not. But I guess I'm probably not your target audience of trampolining. Um, if we go on to some football, uh, we still have another week or two of the Olympics to go in terms of covering it on the podcast. So. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has signed a new contract at Manchester United to keep him there until 2024. The 48-year-old Norwegian took over permanently in March 2019 after replacing Jose Mourinho. Um, Led United to second place in the Premier League last season and the Europa League final, which they lost. If you can believe this, TK, Ole says he is delighted at getting a new contract. I bet he is. (laughs) Uh, credit to the agent Ed Woodward said we're more confident than ever that under Ollie's leadership we're heading in the right direction since becoming permanent manager 
He's won 71 games, drawn 30 and lost 31. I guess if they do really feel that way, this was the time they had to offer him a new deal before his contract went into its last year. Do you think it's as much a case of there isn't anything better out there that they see? I think it would seem to be, wouldn't it? Um, I still think it's premature in that regard. Because I think when your last game was losing to Villarreal, I think you can quite rightly say to the manager, I want to see what, a bit more from you. And I think, assuming the season starts well, you can go, OK, coming to the offices is a contract offer. I, I just... This is going to look potentially one of those decisions where 12 months' time you go, why did they give him a contract this long at this point? I know it's not a, you know, it's not a Pardew contract here, but it's still going to look a little different. I don't think the need was that urgent at this stage. I mean, we'll get into some of the signings a bit further down the line today, but it, it does seem by the way at least they're approaching this market, they do believe that he's the guy. Like, He's the guy yeah, to get over the line. Well, by the signings they're making, they clearly don't feel they're too far away. No, so. no, no. So it's it's a tricky thing because obviously, if you're going to back back in by spending this money, then you may as well give him the contract and back into the hill because otherwise, get rid of him. Don't don't spend money in with the manager if you don't trust him. I think I know the answer here. Two weeks ago, Alex, if the Spurs job was still open. If you saw that Levy had approached Solskjaer, how would you have felt about it? Um, not good. <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> to put it bluntly, not good. Alex being summoned. Um, yeah. I guess we'll get into the, the signings a bit further down. TK, Genie Wijnaldum perhaps uh, ruffled some feathers this week he, when he came out and said that he didn't feel loved and appreciated by some at Liverpool. He, of course, moved to PSG early last month uh, after joining Liverpool for 25 million in 2016 237 appearances for Liverpool won the league and Premier League there but he says there was a moment when I didn't feel loved and appreciated not my teammates not the people at Melwood from them I know I can say they all love me and I love them it was not from that side more the other side uh, he says I have to say there was social media when it went bad I was the player who they blamed they say I wanted to leave Every day in training and in the games, I gave everything I had to bring it to a good end because during the years, Liverpool meant so much to me and because of the way the fans in the stadium were treating me. My feeling was that the fans in the stadium and the fans on social media were two different kinds. The fans in the stadium always supported me. I had my back. Uh, but on social media, if we lost, I was the one who was to blame. Is there anything in this or is this just rinse and repeat for what you imagine a lot of, a lot of footballers get? I think so. And I think whenever someone gets interviewed at a new club, they often get a quote that gets taken horribly and sort of play it off against the old club. Yeah. The I think that he's raised some valid points there in terms of so fans on social media often are a different bunch to what you might meet in real life or at the stadium. Uh, I thought Carragher's uh, summarisation of it was probably right as the bottom line in terms of giving that as a reason for leaving the club obviously isn't really the reason the reason is that you'll have to go somewhere else for a lot more money which I don't think I don't blame you but that is the reason because the idea that um, PSG's fans aren't going to get on his back at times online is pretty fanciful as, as Kyle said everyone's <laughs> got idiots in their fan base so 
that isn't the, the only thing I will caveat that with was that um, around this time last year when there was the talk of Thiago, I did warn against this that I said I think people are a bit crazy to want Thiago over Genie. Not because I don't think he's a good enough player, just because I think style-wise, well, I said I said what I got to say about yeah. that anyway. Everyone knows my sort of take on that, but the they were kind of how did him online a little bit, and to the point where when we lost a few games early on, I saw people saying, literally going at him saying, "Just get out." So it's not like this. What he's saying doesn't have some semblance of a point, and I know there was some movement online towards the end of last year as well, where it was clear he wasn't staying. That people were suggesting online that he wasn't trying as hard as he once was. I was watching games thinking. At times, I can see what point you make at times. I think you're looking for something there. But if he's seen that himself, which you assume he's going, it's not like he doesn't have some semblance of a point. Yeah, it's weird because a, a player like him, and it seems like you're almost calling them kind of like, <laughs> like a robot, but they only really play one way. So I don't really see a way in which he's actively <laughs> going to be playing any differently because there's kind of speculation around his head. Perhaps... You just read more into his body language. People said the same with Alexis towards his time at Arsenal when his numbers were no different. He was still running around just as much. If anything, he was probably trying to impress more to make clear that he wasn't acting any different because of the speculation going on. But Genie doesn't seem like the guy. If it was Shakiri, maybe you would say, okay, yeah, I can see he might be kicking Uh, a bit of a fussy. Yeah, but then the contrast, Shakiri's. Yeah, body language has been great whilst at Liverpool. I've never really seen him like he was at Stoke, for example. Um, no. I think when Aldo, he had a couple of ones where you thought uh, on another year he would have sprinted a bit more to get out, whether that's accurate or not. But I know there was one that really stuck in people's mind where I think the whole team celebrated and he didn't really yeah. get involved. And I just think as a look, I think you haven't seen that Trent Jack, winner against Villa. You could be right. That could be it. I think um, it was. But but yeah, that and that was I think what a lot of it was based around, which as if that's just an isolated incident, I think people are reading a bit too much into it. But if there's other things that people have picked up on that maybe like, subtle things, then uh, I mean, that his, his head probably isn't as much in it. If you don't sign a contract, I imagine you're not as committed as, as you would normally be. Well, from, from what you read beforehand, I think when Eldon went into that last year, originally thinking it was going to be a bit of a formality, he wanted to stay at Liverpool Klopp made pretty clear his thoughts on him and he thought it was just a matter of maybe the agents and the people within the club playing hardball either way. And I think it obviously dawns on him at some point, okay, maybe maybe it was just signing Thiago, maybe it was just the talks went quiet, however it happened. And, and there's obviously come a point. Come on, Liverpool have got a history of doing that with players and it could go the same yeah. way with Henderson, where you go into a year thinking, like you said, it's a formality and next thing you know, someone's leaving this. The club's a a history of maybe not fully catering to these players, which has Once some merit. With Gerard, also, you're going to lose those. No way yeah, to say yeah, yeah, with... yeah, exactly that, exactly. Um, but in in terms of the social media, I guess that's something that, not that it's right, every player deals with it. It never looks good, particularly in Carragher's case, when someone says, if you don't like it, delete the app or, or whatever, because the answer is always, well, why should I have to do that? So on, so on. So that might be the simple solution, but it's just never a good look when someone, especially a no. club legend, comes out and says actually, it like that. I actually thought Carrigan might get even more heat, um, only on the basis that I figured someone would probably... I don't think 
Ronaldo made any suggestion that there was a, a racial element to any of the tweets, but all someone would have to do was suggest that that's yeah. what I'm saying. And suddenly Carrigan looks uh, like the big bad wolf. So yeah, I thought he got off a, a little easy there. Um, if we go on to the transfer gossip, there is, of course, somebody. Which way round? If we do the will they stay or will they go? We'll do that after the gossip because a lot of it isn't linked. So uh, you need you, you so need a cat. You need you need the song will I stay or will I go? Just as you bring this segment in, if you're going to do this on a weekly basis. <laughs> no, on a weekly basis. I mean, to be fair, next week will be a normal week, and the week after is our big uh, preview pod for the season. So it's coming around that quickly. It's always a good one, the preview. Yeah. Never usually ends well for me. <laughs> um, Man United are considering using France forward Anthony Martial in a swap deal to land Borussia Dortmund's 21-year-old Norway striker Erling Brought Haaland. <laughs> Good luck with so that. So they've seen Tammy pop up. They've seen Martial pop up. They must be, are we looking at a different play area? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know... Um, how recently you've, you've played football manager, but sometimes when you try and do a swap deal, like they'll take the player, but they still want the exact same amount of cash after you try to negotiate it. And I feel this is <laughs> yeah. one of those situations. The ultimate insult to the player. Yeah. You're actually worth nothing. <laughs> um, uh, that's about Varane, which we now know confirmed. Okay. West Ham could move for Liverpool's England midfielder, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain if they're unable to sign West Brom's 25-year-old Brazilian midfielder, Matheus Pereira. Uh, Interesting. I think, I think oh, my God, smart. that loves Ox. Which one are you taking there? Oh. Mm, tough one. I'd not, I don't think it is that tough. I, 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 I think Ox is a smart, smart match. His injury issues, West Ham, no, that, and the wages you'll be paying. Yeah. The, the injury is the concern, isn't it? Because... But well, I don't think Pereira is a. I think he's got all the talent you could want, but I don't. I don't know that we've seen enough from him in the year to say that's a guarantee, is he? I don't know. Uh, Pereira, I think, from what we've seen of him, probably makes more sense. Like, if if you were just I think going off tape, yeah. If you're going off tape and you got shown Madison or Pereira for Arsenal, if you showed it to two completely new people, you'd probably come out of it thinking Pereira was a smarter buy. Yeah, I'm not yeah, particularly sure. against if, if we don't have the money to get him, then I think he should be fairly high up on my list. Premier League proven costs you a lot these days. And Ox just seems like, I think he needs a bit more of a fall before he gets the move that is going to make people realise what a player is. I think he needs something like a Southampton move cheap because nobody else really wants him. And Liverpool want to get half his wages off the books for him to be able to yeah. maybe find some form again. The boring as obviously is that Ox and Pereira are slightly different players, but the, yeah. I do think I do think Ox going to West Ham could look a lot like Lingard's move to West Ham. I really do. But, but the fact that it's, they say Ox or Pereira leads me to think they want maybe a central midfield eight that can also play wide right. Mm. Yeah. Which it's it's an odd thing whereby if you if you can keep him fit, and I know that's a huge if, but if you can keep Ox fit, he's actually kind of probably the more sensible, reliable option. And Pereira's probably got a bit more X factor about him. And he might go missing for a few games, but at the same time has a huge upside. You know, I think I'd put a message towards the end of the year in the group, didn't I, that would you take Rafinha or Pereira as a yeah. point in comparison? Both are interesting players. 
if you look at probably what Rafinha will cost compared to Pereira, Pereira is obviously a, a good option for some. I think if Ox could ma- maintain any kind of level of fitness, then he'd have played far more minutes to Liverpool over the last year. I, I, that is true, yeah. yeah fair point. Because he'd probably been sharing the Curtis Jones minutes. Curtis Jones minutes, you'd think, or even yeah. if it's not him. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you look at before that horrendous knee injury, he was in the form of his life and yeah, yeah. in, in the starting team, wasn't he? So he probably would have carried him in that fashion. Well, he's like a perfect like eight in Klopp system, isn't he? Because he has the energy to be able to go forward and get back, essentially. He can shoot from range. He's he's not scared on the pitch, which sometimes is to his detriment. Yeah, yeah he's got good instincts to, to get in goal-scoring positions. He's, ironically, I know at Arsenal. He's had some horrible games in a front three. So yeah. if anyone's thinking putting him out wide in a front three or whatever... I'd reconsider potentially. Well, his, his issue with us was almost he was too enthusiastic. He was trying to do yeah. too much. And mm. Klopp is a guy that you probably would try and do that for. You'd almost need him to say, like, look, you've impressed me enough. You don't need to carry on. There was an yeah, FA yeah, Cup so game against it. Villa, which uh, we went out years ago. And uh, Ox lost the ball at one end of the pitch. He was the only player that tracked back. But he was that frantic. He ended up putting the ball into the net at the other, at the other end of the pitch. He didn't get any flack for it because the other players were just jogging back. But it kind of showed just like he was so desperate to just do something that sometimes you're better off doing nothing. I think he's not going to be the man at West Ham because I think he might need somewhere where he's going to be the man. Look at like we look at Newcastle, that kind of move. Yeah, a Newcastle move would make some sense for Ox as well. Yeah, good point. I mean, do you not think he would be like, do you not think he could do a similar job to what Lingard did? Um, I think he could. I think similar. he's. I think uh, the stat sheet would look different, but in terms of impact, then yeah, I believe he could. Yeah. He could do. Yeah, that's. I actually think him and Rice yeah. would be quite a nice little. Uh, mm. Him, Rice, and Suchek would be a nice little trio if that was the system that Moyes wanted to play. Yeah, I just think he could probably. Um, he'd probably look a million dollars in that sort of midfield. I think we'd quickly be talking about him in the fashion that we we have been, but. You can't, the problem with him is with his injuries, you almost you can almost forget how good he is. I think. Yeah, I think as you kind of intimated there, I think when he does get some games for someone, the conversation is going to kind of be like, "How is this guy ended up here?" You'll probably get yeah. some fans. You'll probably have say someone, Thiago will have gone a game where he decided not to shoot and try to pass from about three yards out or something, and there'll be someone saying. Look, you've got Ox who's scoring goals at West Ham. Why did we not keep him at Liverpool? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. On. It, it, it'll be like the uh, the Danny Ings bit, won't it? But it'll be like, oh, yeah. how did they let him go? Like, well, you weren't saying how did we let him go when we got twenty million for him at the time. No. Um, Newcastle United may turn to Chelsea and England midfielder Ross Barkley if they fail to sign his compatriot Joe Willock from Arsenal. Oof. I, I mean. Everything we just said about Ox could apply to Barkley there, but also you don't want to be taking that chance in Newcastle shoes, I don't think. I feel like Barkley gave us what he can give us um, at Villa last year, and that was uh, enough good games that maybe his reputation is high enough that he can get another move, but there's a reason Villa aren't going out to keep him because they, they clearly have the financial power to do so if they felt that way. He really dined out on that start of the season, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, after that, we are we are Jack saying about if only we could have it, we could do without him back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Brighton are set to make a 20 million offer to Celtic for 23-year-old French forward Odson Edouard. Be a great move if they could pull it off. However, Edouard think- has been linked with the likes of Arsenal, Atletico, Spurs. I feel Brighton maybe is going to give his ego a bit of a kick. Yes, it depends how serious those other clubs have all been. Because he's been getting linked with them for the longest time. But well, apparently they do only want like twenty million as well, which adds more sense when there's Arsenal fans saying, "Well, we should accept no less than twenty million for Eddie and Ketia." And it's like, he has made seventy appearances for Arsenal, by the way, which caught me really off guard. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, about thirteen goals, I think. Um, PSG well, have held talks. I think with Saric, is there a club that you genuinely can still raid them and get players for cheap? Well, yeah. In the Prem, you almost can't really do that with anyone. We almost walked away from the Tierney deal because that seemingly was the only one they were playing hardball with. Um, I think it's just like playing out in the press, which is never good. But yeah, 20 million for him. Great deal. Um, PSG have held talks with Kaladu Koulibaly's agent as they consider a move for the 30-year-old Napoli and Senegal defender. That seems about as paper talk as paper talk gets. I mean, they've got Marquinhos, they've got Ramos. That is someone in the office has gone. Has anyone mentioned Goulibaly recently? Oh, well, he was linked with Everton, so I think maybe his agent is like, hang on a minute, don't be linking us with these bums. <laughs> PSG. <laughs> PSG. Um, Leicester midfielder Hamza Chowdhury is pushing for a loan move to Newcastle. Former England 21 international sees it as a chance to play regular first-team football. They wanted him in January and then went for Willock instead. Be interested to see what they do. Maybe they'll go for both. I mean, it's certain different types of players. So I think I don't think you'd want him as a substitute for Willock. No, no. Because I don't think clearly, he's, he's going to... They clearly want to use the loan market. Bruce has spoken a couple of times <laughs> and he keeps saying, look, Arsenal need to tell us like what they're doing. He said, we'll just keep badgering them every day and see what answer we get. We clearly want Joe Willock back. But apparently, if they can't get Willock, then they want Maitland-Niles um, on loan, which doesn't make any sense for us, but Newcastle is shopping a pound land, it seems. Clearly, yeah, the midfield is where they want to beef does. up. Yeah. And you can only now loan one player per club. And uh, is it two max you can have from the same league now? Or three? I think it's two. It? I don't know. Either way. Um they want more than they can have at the moment. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace are closing in on a 20 million move for Leon and Denmark defender Joachim Andersen and remain in talks over a deal for Schalke and Turkey centre back Ozan Kabak. Well, the Andersen deal is done, having been linked with Spurs for almost all of the window. Supposedly, uh, Nuno wants to go elsewhere, which is why they're linked with uh, Christian Romero. 25 million, which as much as that might seem a good deal for Leon, does mean they've made a loss on him, by the way. Um, Blimey. But still, that's a that's a good signing for Palace. And clearly, they're giving uh, Vieira the money that they weren't giving to Royal these years. <laughs> yeah, look, that could come back to bite them in the arse, but that, that looks a very good signing, I think. Yeah, he's not from South London either, which is odd. <laughs> Kavak, by the way, Schalke are asking for about 10 million for him now. Horrible Liverpool plummeting his value down. I mean, he was literally offered to Liverpool for, like, I can't remember what the fee was, but like a tiny 30. fee, and we turn, turned it down. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we're not. Uh, Whenever I see a buy option. Not great. I don't care what anyone says. 
a buy option, especially in January, is like that's just the buying club. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, whatever you want. Buy option, cool. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the summer, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Arsenal will not be offering a new contract to thirty-year-old French striker Alexander Lacazette, and are inviting bids of about fifteen million for their former record signing to help fund the move for twenty-three-year-old Chelsea and England forward Tammy Abraham. I didn't think there'd be such a saga around Tammy Abraham this summer, but oh boy. I've got numerous thoughts on this one. For, for one, the reason Aubameyang doesn't seem to be working, if anything, Laka does seem to be working better in this system, is Arteta clearly wants his, what, what football manager would call like a complete forward, where he wants someone that can drop in to keep the passes going and also be a fox in the box and it's tough to get both. Um, yeah. I don't think Tammy is that, so I don't know if going for Tammy is to have a different option or if they feel that Tammy can do that because for Tammy's size, I've never seen him be a hold-up guy. I've never seen him be a guy that's scoring from outside of the box, in the corners. Like He seems a like fairly cut-and-dry kind of player. He's like, movement inside the box is good. Uh, he's a big guy challenging the headers, etc. I I don't know. I don't think it's the best use of money if you're looking for a striker. At the same time, there's Arsenal fans purely against it because he's a Chelsea reject, as you'll see if you search the term on Twitter. Whereas I do think this one's different to Czech and William. And I want to make very clear here, I'm not comparing the ability of these. But Salah and Kevin De Bruyne were called Chelsea rejects too because they left at a young age. They're very different to bring in a Chelsea player at this age where they have their best years ahead of them and resale value to bring in 30-plus-year-old players on big wages for their final contract. That's what some Arsenal fans don't seem to be able to differentiate regardless of whether you think Tammy is the best use of funds or not. There's a different level of reject, you're right. Well, the, the point is... Clearly, a lot of people in football seem to think there's a talented player there. I said I think I could beat him in a one-on-one. I might have to change that stance if we do sign him. <laughs> but I, I think he's a good sign for someone. It's just the fee is going to be, uh, like you said, a, a little bit difficult to justify in terms of you're going to say, well, I could have signed X for the same amount of money. Apparently, the appeal is Chelsea are willing to accept a loan with the payment next season. I see. On the, on the basis that it'll be in their imaginary Harlem pot, but this, but just it'll be coming down the line. I guess they're not scrambling for money. Um, yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen strikers that we think are better go to the championship and not have the season that he had. So there obviously is a player there if you play to his strengths. The issue is just I don't see is like we've got other players in the squad where if you were going to mould your team around them, he wouldn't be the guy. It looks like we're essentially in for out of favour English players. Maybe is our way we're going here. Ben White, Tony, Aaron Ramsdale. Mm. I never buy into it truly when we're told our skin tars and are in July, uh, and then August time it'll be well they spent this much. This guy's going to be a waste of money. But at the same time. 
I did expect us to be more shopping in the likes of La Conga and Tavares. I thought we'd be shopping in all of the Belgian and Dutch leagues and Portuguese leagues, etc., and trying to buy these players with upside. And because that was what we were kind of told we were going to be happening after Martinelli. They literally came out and said, look, look you're probably not going to know these guys for signing, but you've got to trust us. So it's very odd. I guess they may be trying to find a balance of the two, but I don't know. I am team Aaron Ramsdale now, though. I think if you've ended up dropping 70 mil on Abraham and Ramsdale, that's... I don't know. It's not great. No, no. Uh, well, apparently the next Ramsdale bid's going in today for about 25 up front and then about five in installments. You've had the warnings here as well. You, you could have stepped away and you haven't. So, so I, can tell, I can tell you what's changed my opinion and it's not going to be a great, great one here. Is um, I listen. Oh, I listen to. Else. I listened to a podcast, famous last <laughs> words, and it was with a guy who is goalkeeping expert. Sounds like a clown, but he's a, he's a, he's an analytics guy who does this for the clubs in the Premier League. Provides them the data of this is how he performs in this situation, this situation, this situation. On paper, there, he's very good, and they say. <laughs> The issues that he does have, he's improved on. And I mean, I, I, I saw some Sheffield fans saying that he was a world beater in the second half of the season. Not quite sure I saw that. I definitely didn't. I just hope it's not the same guy picking him as the same guy that picked uh, Runnison because we're having to ship him out after one, one uh, mistake for us. I yeah, guess I mean, with this one, I'm just trusting a bit more. I, I trust this one actually more than the Tammy one because... Blimey. I feel I've seen well. I feel like I've seen more of Tammy where there's less intangibles I don't know about. With Ramsdale, I do think whether it's Arsenal or not, there are certain things that if you can tweak, you can have a half decent player there. But um, who knows? Honestly, one of the worst keepers I think I've seen. In I'll have in a position where I am kind of having to convince myself because. Yeah. You've done a great job because I didn't think that was possible. We're two weeks out from the start of the season, basically, and uh, we've not actually signed a player confirmed yet that will be in our starting eleven. Uh, if anything, we're weaker That's because serious. we're going to have Jacques gone and uh, Saka, etc. Probably won't be fit for the start of the season. <laughs> so it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for uh, those at Arsenal. <laughs> Maybe not quite well, busy as it. Yeah. So just to finish, I would say, just to his credit, I'd say I'd think Tammy is at least a Premier League striker, whatever he's required quite for Arsenal, but I think he's a Premier League striker. I'm not convinced Ramsdale's a Premier League goalkeeper. <laughs> well, like he's, been, he's been relegated twice. It's like, come on, that wasn't on his own. He wasn't on his own there. But he looks every part that Sheffield United team. He looks Sheffield perfect for the role of bottom of the league. First half of the season, he was particularly bad. Second half, like, I don't know if maybe I just watched him less. He, he wasn't stand out bad to me. I realise that's not I a great indictment for a keeper either. how bad he is. Well, I'm basically just sick of Leno, basically. He's, he's that is it. bad. Like, and I'm annoyed that there's no market for him, which we all knew, which is the reason why we don't have <laughs> Martinez. The Martinez thing for people on the outside seems far, far simpler than it was in reality. Effectively, we, we needed cash. We had two number one keepers. Only one of them was of interest in the market, and so we took the cash as Leno hadn't been particularly bad for us. 
I was going to say, they were kind of level pegging at the time. Yeah, Martinez had made 10 starts at the time, 10 Premier League starts at the time when he went for £25 million. So I, I, could, I could at least see the logic on that one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's far more of a debate at the time than people would have you believe now. Bayer Leverkusen have rejected a 30 million offer from Aston Villa for 23-year-old Jamaica winger Leon Bailey. Villa seem to have just realised that they do have the richest owners in the league. (laughs) Which isn't good for the rest of us, although I did enjoy seeing their fans quarrelling after thinking they were going to get a Millsmith row. Not that I want us to be arguing with Villa fans is maybe a sign of where we are. (laughs) You've been dragged into the mud. Yeah. I do... I do feel that's an odd one from their point of view in terms of it just a move that always looks unlikely and now you just kind of made yourself look a little stupid like you're you're trying to be ambitious but you're not not able to do it but the rest of their moves are are all pretty good for a a team where they're at they're they're showing ambition for sure well they did the same with Saliba um, and the less about him the better at the moment but where there was quite publicly Arsenal went for him and Spurs went for him and so they say in the interview we hear there was some other interest in you. What can you tell us about that? And he was like, oh, I was an Arsenal fan when I was a kid, this, this, this. Say what they got to say, you get the quotables out of it. And um, they said the same to... Um, what's again? I just lost my trailer thought. <laughs> oh, said the same to Smith Rowe. Some, Leon, can you get Leon Bailey out of my head? They said the same to Smith Rowe. Um, obviously, it's been dragging on for a while. Um, such and such how did you deal with this? And he was like, well, it was easy for me. Like there was only ever going to, there was only ever one choice really. And then the Villa fans are obviously being slapped with that. I think there's obviously more than what we know about what was going on there. I'd imagine his agent was encouraging quite a bit beyond the scenes. Yeah. We don't know what terms he got. I think there's a good chance. Are you one of them that reads much into shirt numbers? Does Emil Smith Rowe have an attention shirt? Does it bother you? But you know what I mean. No, no. I I think it makes a, a deal of sense. I think he sometimes will play as a ten. If you, if you want to go on traditional sort of thing, I think yeah, he will kind. Of, I, I see what you mean in terms of wanting it as the eight. But in all honesty, I I don't read much into shirt numbers nowadays. No. When you think Trent's on number sixty six, don't worry about it yeah. too much. Well, Arteta said that he liked that Smith Rowe asked for. It. He said he likes players that perhaps ask for things that they don't quite deserve yet but it shows what they're working towards and and he told him the pressures that come with it I'm following on from uh, William Gallas and the like <laughs> I guess if it makes most sense for a Mel Smith Rowe from a marketing perspective being Arsenal's English number 10 goes a long way yeah 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 if you think three four years ago we had uh, our Numbers seven and ten were Alexis and Ertzil, and it's now Saka and Smith Rowe. Blimey. So, if we just to close things out, will they stay or will they go? If we start with Paul Pogba, interest seems to have intensified over the last couple of weeks. The rumours are getting greater and greater that PSG are the team that uh, are going to be in for him. Does anyone really see this deal getting done? Um, I don't think so. I think there's. Man United don't want too much money and PSG will be along the lines. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Pogba, has Pogba been offered and signed a new contract yet? He's, he's not got, signed one. Yeah, so he's not signed the deal. It looks like he, they're suggesting he might not and obviously it'll be free next summer. So. Ah. 
Right, okay. With that detail in play, I'd give the transfer a bit more life. I forgot about that detail. In my head, I just assumed that he'd signed the contract and it was like ridiculous because they were paying him for paying him more for <laughs> not not being that great. But um I could maybe see that happening just because PSG have got the money and it'd be like, why not bring the French boy home? What do you think, TK? Uh it does definitely seem to have become more realistic in the last few days, but the cynical side of me says that he's not yet signed a new deal. Raiola suggests that PSG are in for him and he gets a new deal. Is I can't really get that out of my head. He could go, and if I was Man United, I'd be going, well, look, we can't take any risk of losing him on a free. If we can get yeah. money for him, I'll bomb him out of the club this summer, no questions asked. But I think this probably resolves itself with him signing a new deal on increased increased terms, which yeah, I'm, I'm about 90% certain. Yeah, certain he signs that new deal. He'll probably ask to be paid more than De Gea and that probably gets it done. Mm. And he'll probably want long term yeah. as well. I'm sure he's happier with being locked in than United are because he'll back Royola to get him out if he wants to or being paid even if things are going badly. Yeah, we've seen him get linked with too many moves before quote-unquote committing before I think to get fooled again Rooney used to try it every other summer didn't he yeah 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 exactly stick with you TK Harry Kane will he stay or will he go the the question I I think this and it's it's not getting spoken up that much but the it's starting to now the, the fact that City are actually still in an ongoing thing with the Premier League about financial fair play yeah, I think I think that's going to make it very difficult to go out and spend 150 million pounds on a player. Um, so I think that's that good for it. I do wonder if that I think I put in the group. I was half serious when I suggested. I think I could see if this kind of goes along for a little while that Roman jumps in and Charles just can write here's here's a bundle of money for him. He still wants to go get out, but other than that, I think no one's going to stump up the cash. I don't think. I'm kind of torn. Like I said at the start of the window, I hope he leaves. I hope he goes to City. <laughs> I was no secret there. I, I didn't think City would pay that. And I, the, the fact Kane did that interview before the Euros, I thought this is a guy that's prepared to do what he needs to do to get out. And I thought we might see a couple more antics. I know he hasn't had to return the training yet, but I thought we'd see a couple more interviews, especially after the Euros, etc. Um I'm torn between not wanting Kane at Spurs, but also not wanting Spurs to have the best part of 150 million. Because as much as Spurs <laughs> will be Spurs, there's only so many ways you can go wrong with spending that kind of cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there is a way, that I'm sure they'll find it. But I feel there's enough there that you're going to at least hit to strike gold with someone. Do I think he goes? I think yes. I think the the opposite of what you said with the fair play thing, I think this summer they've made a massive point to say, we do not care about financial fair play at the moment. This Everything is just a big free-for-all for, for now. Go as nuts as you want. And I think they, they may make the best of that. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. In That's fact, I, I think they've been careful about their image about this thing. They're trying to protect it, obviously. Yeah. We kind of all I think, and they've been definitely trying to. I think this is maybe too overtly obvious, maybe, was my thinking. I think the Grealish move was maybe a chance to try and smoke out Spurs and see 
are they really yeah. committed to selling him? Because they might spook him and say, actually, you know what? Or it might just be a way of their posturing and saying, we've got money. If we want to, yeah, look, we can take, yeah, yeah, we can take this elsewhere if we need to. I mean, a similar boat with you for the reason I'm in two minds. Where at one point I thought, well, my whole thing with this has been I didn't think Kane fully, fully wanted to move, and I didn't think as a result he would kick up a fuss. Then this summer I thought there was a change in tone. Like you said, we gave that interview, and I thought even four out of years we're going to see a guy force a move here. And now I'm questioned again whether he's got that in him. And that's why I think ultimately, if he's not going to push it, I don't think anyone's going to come in and sort of force a move either. So I don't think either side is going to be forceful enough. And as a result, he ends up staying, is my take. Do What kind of season do we get from him if he does stay? I think as good as ever. I think he'll just do last season again, to be honest. Interesting. Alex, what are you thinking? Stay or go? I... I am firmly in the camp that I've I already resided uh, was resided to leaving. So in my in my head he's already gone, and I just think if you remember the Gareth Bale transfer to Real Madrid, there was a lot of silence and a lot of not a lot of talk about him. Nothing official being leaked or anything like that. Um, and then obviously it all quite came out afterwards that they'd approached him, like, you know, ages, and it was pretty much a sure thing um, for some time. I think. Uh, the giveaway eventually was obviously the money which Tottenham was throwing around. I mean, if he starts spending 150 mil, Alex, then we'll we'll have like yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe he might yeah. place it. Yeah, definitely. But I I think he leaves. I think he ends up at City. Um, I think I think they end up somewhere in the middle now between 100 and 150 million. I think there'll be a bit of uh, back and forth, but I think they meet somewhere in the middle. Won't be any players involved in the transfer. Um, I can't see any scenario in which Chelsea land him at all. Um, I'd love uh, that until he played for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think if he stays, which I'm firmly in the camp of, he won't. If he stays, like TK said, I think he's just as good as the season before. Um, I think he just is remains professional and gets on with it. You know, he can't not do that. He doesn't want to have a bad season and throw the toys out of the pram and, you know, lower his uh, lower his value and struggle to get that move when you've got... I think lowering his value point. might help. No, because I think... <laughs> uh, because, because if you, you've got... Remember, you've got I'm another joking, season... I mean, uh, an, another season with him at Spurs is another season that the clubs that he may want to go to end up going in for somebody like Haaland or Mbappe. So what? it's... I would warn either of you if you plan on speaking to Jack separately anytime soon. He he is convinced they're getting Haaland this summer. Well, based on whenever what? I whenever I speak to him about transfers, he he's almost doesn't care about anyone leaving or anything because he says that goes into the Haaland pot, which I'm happy about. So he was saying about Tammy Abraham, that's money in the Haaland pot. He was saying about Gwehi and. Uh, all these other youngsters, that's money in the Haaland pot. He is convinced that Chelsea are going to do a madness this summer. I could see they, they, I, I very much, I very much doubt that Dortmund let both their main men go. Dortmund let him go if, if they pay the money that's being spoken about. Because that value gets halved group. next summer. Yeah, I just don't know why. If I'm Dortmund, I'm getting rid of this guy. And I know that sounds freaking crazy, but you can't let him go for half next year. 
what is going to happen in the next 12 months that you think is worth missing out on that money? You know he's going. It's just a case if you go now or in 12 months' time, you're going to get half the money. That's insane. Get rid of that. If, if Spurs are in a position where they could get £150 million for Harry Kane, but you could guarantee that next month, next year, you're selling for half, Spurs fans would pay for the Uber wherever he was going to go. Mm. You, go, you can have 12 months more of Harry Kane but next year he's going to go for 70-75 Alex strangely doesn't seem convinced what are you no, going to do in no, 12 no. months that's worth keeping no I, I agree but I just think you're ruling out the potential that Haaland signs a, a new contract what he's making a move he's going he's not Harry Kane no but it can be you know it, this transfer window closes. He signs a new contract to boost his wages, knowing that a transfer is on the cards. There's a clause in there which, you know, big teams can activate. The clause is, you know, so agreed that, on the why, why does that make any sense for Dortmund? Because you they'll just, maintain, they'll keep him for another season and they'll maintain they'll the transfer. Yeah, they keep him for another season uh, anyway. They'll, they'll think they can get more value doing Alice's course yeah. events there because you won't have the value to get that. But this is a guy who was literally publicly coursing clubs, literally going from meeting to meeting. So it's not like he's suddenly looking for a move here. It's very clear what he's doing. And for that reason, what? I think Jack could be right. I think Chelsea would be near the head of the queue of clubs I, I could think he would sign. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's making me feel sad and scared. You see, in a normal market, Real Madrid and Barcelona are there. They're almost not. Bayern Munich would be very Bayern Munich <laughs> to take him off there and would be very Bayern. Outside Bayern. of that, if, if City were in for Kane and aren't in for Harden, which I would find strange, but seems to be the way it is, I think the likes of Chelsea are going to be right at the head of the queue by default. I don't, I don't I, see why City aren't going in for him then. I, I just don't. If they aren't, or we would have heard about it by now. It seems, yeah, it's all very quiet with him, which does lead me to suggest there could be a club that does have their or sort of it, have it all lined up in a way, which is a scary thought. Haaland isn't the second option. You don't spend 160 million on your second option. I'm not saying even that much, <laughs> no. but you don't spend no. over 100 million on a guy because you couldn't get someone else. Like that, that's just insane. That's that, yeah. it doesn't happen yeah, yeah, like true. that. So either they cleared the funds on the basis that it's going to be Harry Kane and they think Harry Kane, well, there was that piece in the Athletic, wasn't there? Gives Pep a nice send-off, which was nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure they, they clearly don't, if they don't think Haaland can do that. A, a lot of clubs, even though you can be guessing Haaland, don't want to work with Viola, and that's enough to put them off. Mm. Yeah. I think if there's, that's why a lot of these clubs now, when you see... Uh, well, you'll see Twitter accounts talking about it. There's usually like a 10, 15 million add-on that you don't see as part of the fee. And it's because they've paid some intermediaries to come in to deal with Raiola because the club doesn't want to deal with them. That's it's bad. just not it's not worth the time. And um, it's the same with uh, Jorge Mendes and some of the others where clubs do that frequently and they bring other guys in. That's what happened with um, Dortmund last year where Dortmund didn't want to be publicly seen to be negotiating with United after they'd come out a couple of times and said he won't be leaving. And so they paid an intermediary to act on their behalf. And so they lost money doing that. The money gets wasted in a deal with football. That's crazy. Yeah, because that was part of the thing that was happening with Sanyehi at Arsenal. 
like we were one of the highest in Europe for the money spent on these intermediaries. And they weren't big deals. They were for things like Cedric and Louise and that kind of thing. Insane. Yeah. Um, interesting one I mentioned earlier. Lacazette, one year left in his contract, apparently asked on about 15 million for him. Do you see a way in which he goes? Because I've not even heard of a club being linked with him. No, this is one where if you'd asked me right at the end of the season, I'd have probably said, yeah, you probably won't see him for Arsenal again. Just because it felt like it was coming to an end, didn't it? I thought. Yeah. But like you said, we're so quiet on it that I don't really see that he's one where you're just going to spring up out of the blue and sign like a Z. I think. No, Alessia, I think, are the only ones I've seen even mentioned and they get linked with everyone. Well, I don't see them going Imagine through. him in a Simeone training session. Blimey. Yeah, well, regardless of what I think of Griezmann, I don't see that you naturally go from Griezmann to Lacazette on your list of uh, transfers. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Harlan, we've mentioned. Um, Jack Grealish is the, the final name here. Does he stay or does he go? I'm not sure who will come up the cash for him. I don't think City would. If, it, if City are going to get big, they would give me for Kane. I don't think they'd do both. In do which think- case, I'm not sure anyone else is going to. Do you think City do it just as a case of like they've got the budget on their football manager save, they can't get Kane yet, they still want to spend the money to appease whether it's the fans or Pep or whoever, and they do that? They very you much are the right. team to spend for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Um, and if this was a slightly smaller fee we were being discussed about, even you know, 60, 70 mil, I could probably think because they've routinely done that. You know, Mares was yeah. kind of a, a luxury purchase, really. I'd be inclined to think that. But I do think when you're starting to get to sort of breaking their record, I do think that's quite a significant thing for them. And I think they're going to have yeah. to be choosing who they're doing it with. And let's say they don't need Greenish. Whereas I feel like you can at least say, well, we need someone to replace Aguero in, this, in the shape of Kane. I think it works mm-hmm. all right for Greenish as well if no one's in for him because he can commit to the loan and say, look, I'm a club legend, which is one of those things of uh, someone's only as faithful as their options but yeah. you can certainly you can certainly make it look like oh look I've stayed faithful to Villa any chance Chelsea or City make a late move for Lukaku come out a couple of times saying how happy he is what do you think it's such a it's such a difficult one in terms of we don't know how all in clubs are going for Haaland because if you add what we probably thought we were going to have which is probably going to be a scramble for Haaland this summer I would say whoever comes off second best in that probably puts in a cheeky bid for Lukaku, knowing that Inter have some trouble. You're because probably paying what's going on three figures for him still. Yeah, this is the other thing. I was reading a story the other day saying what they could still get for him. I think I'm not sure if... I think the appeal for Lukaku is, well, obviously, he's very, very good. But they were probably hoping that they maybe as might get, a, get it a bit reduced because of the trouble that Inter are in. If that's not the case, I, I'm not sure anyone's going to cough up the dough for him. Well, I think the clubs that went in for Hakimi were a bit... Sh- Shocked. When yeah, exactly. They tried going for like 40 mil and then it went up to 80. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'd think Lukaku's worth at least 100 million to them. Um, I know he says he, he loves Inter, but again, as you said, I think the chance to come back. City makes. Chelsea makes more sense on paper. Um, City makes more sense when in reality. It's, it's a strange one. I think when we were thinking about it at the start of the summer, Lukaku was just a considerably cheaper option while still elite compared to Kane and uh, yeah. Haaland, wasn't yeah. he? And then the Euros yeah. also showed the absolute best and worst of him. 
yeah, I guess there's that that certain degree of are you going to cough up that money for the guy that was at Man United? Because even if we think he's a better player now, if he ends up playing like that again, and we both defended him saying I thought he was okay, you know. Yeah. But the, the money you're going to be spending, you're probably going to want a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. So I guess we say most of these guys we think are going to stay. Um, probably we think will stay. I just think no one's shown a, a huge appetite to spend big at the minute. I, I don't know whether it's a case of playing chicken and what's one does and others will follow. Yeah. But it's quiet well, at the minute. I saw a lot of complaints this season where the Premier League window ended early because they said we were doing ourselves a disadvantage. I, I love that. If I had the choice, I, I would have this the, the transfer window end before the season starts every single time. I hate it. I hate going into the season and the club's still dilly-dallying around because they know they've got an extra three weeks. So it is, it is back to the end of August again, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I hate yeah. it. That was a funny thing because... Everybody prior to the change was making the point you're making now that look, let clubs get themselves in order before the season. It makes no sense that you have three weeks and all this speculation still. Get it all done before then. And literally the first time we did it, I was like, oh, this is terrible. We're doing ourselves this service. Yeah, I really Got liked it. it straight away. I guess we didn't have a big name that was being linked with the move away, which helped. Um, you don't want I, to think you went into the season and have someone linked with going, but. I quite I like the carnage of this, which is not the reason for liking it being kept. This is not what it's supposed to be being kept. But I do like the carnage of a team can have like a couple of shocking weeks and suddenly well, think, I've got to sign a couple of players here. That's usually what happens with us. It's usually the it's week great. before the transfer window <laughs> ends, we get smashed by someone. It was Liverpool the one year. Uh, it was Blackburn the one year. And it was United one of the other years. And then each time we've gone out and spent about 50 million on deadline day. <laughs> so good. I, I hate it. <laughs> I can understand why you do. <laughs> to the uh, outside. Well, it's just, it's just so irritating because you don't feel like you can properly like get invested in the season because the team's going to be so much different within a couple of weeks anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's it's good to have a bit of jeopardy in that. Well, I mean, we play what four of the big six in our first six games <laughs> hey, it's good news for you that might actually prompt you to uh, sign some players it doesn't look like it, doesn't look like it. <laughs> um, I mean, another thing I would moan about is playing Premier League teams in pre-season friendlies I hate that as well well I know we're we're playing Chelsea and Spurs this this summer it makes yeah, no it doesn't make it makes no sense there's no win. There's no win out of the situation other than the lack of travel. No. No, Because exactly. the fans expect... In current the, times, I can understand, but... Well, the fans expect to win. Um, you don't want injuries, which is probably like a game like Arsenal Spurs, that's definitely going to happen. Mm. And you want to be able to work on things, and it's not like you can experiment when you're playing Spurs at home. I hate these ones that we have now, like, I saw a clip the other day about how nice it was when Arsenal used to go out to like the Alps with Wenger and you'd just play some little team that has yeah, barely been around for 10 that's years. That's what you need to do. Go out there, bully one of those teams, get some false confidence. That's what you need. Well, it was nice. Satanta Sport when I was playing like Nagoya Grampus on like a Tuesday at 5.30. It was lovely. Yeah, I remember watching Torres make his debut for us against Shanghai Shinua before Chang had any money. And it's like, this is great. This is what we need. Yeah, that's what you need for pre-season because realistically, it's, it's the only time of the year where you 
you shouldn't really be worrying. I say that as a guy that's worrying, but it's it's when you're supposed to be your most optimistic because the first week of the season comes around and it all comes crumbling back to life. This is supposed to be the time you enjoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doesn't yeah, quite work like that. Some naivety at this time. Yeah, but there we go. I think that just about does. If I ask you both our movie madness questions, so this week we have Apocalypto up against Independence Day. Uh, I've not seen Apocalypto, so I don't want to be unfair. Uh, um, I will go with um, Independence Day. Watched it when I was in hospital as a kid with an appendicitis. So a little bit of a charmed, charmed thing there. And plus you, you know, Will Smith knocking an alien out in the face saying, welcome to Earth, iconic. I think I'm going to watch that tonight, although uh, I don't have too high hopes. Apocalypse, it was just fucking weird. So uh, the review <laughs> of that will be coming on <laughs> on Friday. Um, so we're very close to the end of the season. So uh, we'll see how these things go. Anyway, thanks for listening. Tune in Friday and next Monday. Hopefully Jack will be back with us. No, he's not. He's told me he's away the next two weeks. Jack won't be with us. Maybe we'll have got <laughs> back. Who knows? Goodbye.